0: I'm Sydney. And I'm Julie. And this is Restaurant and Retail Revelations. Welcome to another episode of Restaurant and Retail Revelations. This podcast is brought to you by Revel Systems the leading iPad-based POS platform on the market, and each episode highlights expertise from leaders in the restaurant and retail sectors. As for your co-hosts, I'm Sydney Keita and I'm joined by my colleague, Julie Holkebor, who just introduced today's show. We're marketers at Revel, and we are delighted to share some sound waves with you today. Enough with the background details, though. Let's hear from today's featured guest. So to kick things off, Tinko, if, if you would just introduce yourself and your role at Tarka Indian Kitchen for me.
1: Sure. Um, so my name is Tinku. I am the CEO and co-founder of Tarka Indian Kitchen.
0: And thank you so much. Welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you here on Restaurant and Retail Revelations. A general question that I've got for you before we really dive in, you know, I love asking folks who are close to a restaurant what their favorite item on the menu is right now. So what is your take?
1: So, you know, as you grow older, things change, right? Metabolism slowed down. So I used to love Korma, which is a rich cashew almond cream sauce with a garlic naan for dipping. Um, You know, now I'm for the Beyond Kima curry, which is one of our newer items that uh, it's sort of a traditional minced meat curry, but it's made with Beyond meat. And uh, so that's become one of my favorites now.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Next time I'm in Texas, I'll have to maybe try both just to see, you know, the before and after for your preferences. (laughs) Um, So on a more strategic (laughs) note, let's start by learning a little bit more about Tarka Indian Kitchen and just what makes it special, in your opinion.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we're a fast, casual Indian restaurant. We've got locations in Austin, Houston and San Antonio. Um, and you know, I think what makes us uh, unique is that everything is prepared fresh to order um, with very high quality ingredients. And yet, um, you know, all the price points are under $10. Now with the inflation and the environment we're in right now, that that might slowly change. But, um, you know, I think it's unique to be able to get something that's fresh to order, but in a very uh, fast environment. And I think one of the things that we've been able to master is sort of the procedures and recipes on how you are able to pull that off uh, that quickly and still be able to offer it at an affordable price point.
0: Yeah, that's great. It sounds like you guys have a product that customers love. I know our listeners will probably be curious to learn a little bit more about your team's decision to invest in a customer loyalty program. More specifically, um, you know, have you experienced any notable results uh, from that customer loyalty program?
1: We we have. Um, so, as a little bit of a background, you know, we used to have uh, what I thought was a loyalty program, which was an email club back in the day. Right. So we opened our we we opened our first location in two thousand nine. In about 10 years, we got to about 10,000 people on that, uh, you know, VIP club, it was called. And, uh, you know, there was, it was a very blunt instrument. I didn't have a way of segmenting people with per location or based on dietary preferences or, you know, really anything. Everybody was getting the same message. Um, So in... um, Q3 of 2019 we rolled out a partnership with Como, which is a, a rewards platform that integrates with Revel and um, you know in the 16 months or so since we've had that in, we just almost reached 50,000 members. And again, it is something that I can segment and, and promote specific locations. I can, uh, you know, send them um, personalized rewards based on how frequently they've visited. Um, and you know, if somebody hasn't shown up for thirty days, I can shoot them a win back. Um, so there's a lot more, um, uh, a lot more flexibility and personalization and segmentation that goes along with this uh, platform. It's so far beyond what we used to use. And um, I think, frankly, it's, it's been one of the key drivers of our success through the pandemic. We were fortunate in that we had, were already working on that. So in Q3 of 2019, we implemented it. Obviously, not with COVID in mind, but um, it, it by the time COVID had rolled out, we had already reached roughly 35,000 members, 30,000 members, something like that. And so, you know, we were able to let them know number one, hey, we're still open for takeout and delivery only um, when things changed. You know, when dine in opened, we were able to communicate that, communicate all the things that we're doing to keep them safe. Um, and just be able to there was about a six week period where we we shot them offers um, and let them know that hey come come use us for takeout and delivery get five dollars off 25 whatever we did a bunch of different uh, promos um, but beyond those manual promos the whole automation of winbacks and birthday gifts and joining gifts um, are critical because you, know, you only have so much time to manage a program like that. So as much of it as that can be automated is extremely important. And of course the key things for us is it's gotta be seamless for the customer and it's got to work with what you consider to be the foundational aspects of your business in terms of your, your tech stack for us. Revel was a critical part of that. So anything we did needed to be integrated with Revel. It needed to be able to integrate with our online ordering system um, and just create sort of a a seamless, harmonious ecosystem um, for our guests and something that wasn't going to require a lot of hands-on, constant uh, work on, on my end. I am the CEO, but also one of my other titles is CTO. So I am the technology officer, but what that means is I'm a glorified IT person. So when something goes wrong, I get called. And so uh, it was critical for me to have something that, you know, in, in the way Apple says it just works.
0: Absolutely. And I want to build on that a little bit. You know, I've heard a lot that the pandemic acted as something of an accelerator. And it sounds like that might've been the case at Tarka where, again, you already had some things in motion kind of heading towards that more personalized, more maybe digital first approach to some things. And I know that's not the only piece that loyalty was a huge component for you and constant communication, but I'd also love to talk more about what you've done in the space for delivery digital ordering, and then menu innovation. Because when you're not having guests dine in with you, I do think you probably have to consider what you're offering a little bit differently.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, for us, uh, I, I kind of consider it the whole digital ecosystem. And absolutely, it has accelerated uh, what was already happening, which is obviously why we had already initiated the these programs in the first place. So, One of them was a revamping of our online ordering system. Um, There was nothing wrong with Revel online ordering, um, but uh, I was looking for something that had a little bit more brandability. This was before the Online Ordering XT came on. Um, Actually, I'm I'm hearing that Como's uh, integration with Online Ordering XT is imminent. And so we will be potentially exploring that again, because again, the fewer systems that you need to integrate with, the better it is, the more seamless it is, and the more it just works so uh but uh for us it was online ordering um so we we revamped that uh had a little bit uh, you know because we want the touch points to be the same whether somebody's coming in and ordering from you the branding all those aspects have to be the same uh with the rewards program also came a mobile app um which our customers our guests uh really love to use Um, After the pandemic, we initiated a curbside uh, technology platform um, that, again, uh, integrated with uh, our online ordering platform, which is, uh, you know, a lot of people have call us when you arrive, and that's fine, but we don't want people necessarily having to call us, it needs to be a little more seamless. So we have a partner called Radius Networks, uh, and their flyby platform, which has some location based uh, aspects to it. So, uh, you can't imagine the delight of somebody driving in, and even before they hit park and get into that spot, our customers know they're there. And, I mean, our, our employees know they're there, and they're bringing them the food before they've even hit park. That is something that was, uh, I think, unique at the time. A lot of people have obviously implemented that solution, and others as well. That was a good one. Another one, and then you know, guest feedback was always uh, a, a thing that we wanted to improve on. So you know, we knew we did pretty well operationally, Uh, we would do mystery shops, but they get expensive. And, you know, to do, to get to the point where you have enough data to be able to act on know that it's not just an isolated issue, but it is something that's a recurring problem that you really need to address, versus something that you know, let's be honest, things don't always go perfect, but if it's one isolated incident out of 100, I'm not going to, you know, stress too hard about it. If it's one out of 10, then I got a problem that I need to address. And so we implemented a, a, a platform uh, called Tattle, which is a customer feedback platform. Again, integrates with Revel, integrated with our online ordering um, provider, and uh, the amount of feedback we get through that platform has been immense. We just rolled that out in uh, January and uh, the amount of information and detail that we're getting has really um, allowed us to, uh, to make improvements with our platform. So that part of it was big. Um, we, in the, we had opened a location um, in Houston just before the pandemic started, January 26th actually. So about six weeks before the pandemic hit. And we were looking at implementing a kiosk because before the pandemic, everybody was talking about kiosks as, you know, millennials don't want to talk to people. They just want to be able to, you know, enter their information and, and, you know, kind of do their own thing. Um, um uh, I come from a little bit of a different, uh, age, but, uh, you know, we can see that that was something that was important. And so we'd roll, we were planning on rolling that out and then the pandemic hit and now who nobody wants to touch surfaces, nobody, you know, there was a anxiety about a lot of those things. So we kind of put that program on hold. Um, and in fact, last week we finally got around to, uh, getting the kiosk at our first location set up. And it is a partner called Bite Kiosk, which, again, also integrates with Revel, which is hugely important for us uh, and our uh, rewards program as well. So, you know, people have to be able to get those rewards, whether they're ordering online, in-store, via kiosk, whatever. And so um, we just rolled that out. And on Sunday, 20 percent of our dine-in orders came through that kiosk. We have one kiosk there. So it's off to a uh, very good start. Um, now, the second part of that uh, about menu innovation, um, yeah, so, you know, obviously when, when uh, off-premise become goes from, you know, 30% to 100% of your business um, as it was when dining rooms closed, now it's maybe 75%, still not where it was pre-pandemic, but a considerable amount, only about 25% is dining at this point, um, you know, you have to make sure that your food travels well. Um, so packaging was a big concern for us, you know, vented packaging for samosas, or we have a, um, a specialty sort of a a French fry offering called masala fries. And you guys, you can imagine, you know, fries don't travel that well, they get kind of soggy. So we had to solve for it on both the packaging end, but also on the end of, um, you know the the product itself picking a thicker fry that traveled better um etc
0: um so tinku what's on the horizon for tarka uh, assuming your team will continue to build on the success you saw in 2020
1: yeah so you know as i mentioned we achieved parity um on prior year sales in 2020 before dining rooms reopened so the aha moment that had for us is Hey, yeah, you know, takeout and delivery works pretty well if you do it right. So, you know, among other things, we will continue to have the traditional Tarka that that features dine-in and takeout. Um, you know, there probably be smaller footprints. The location I'm opening right now in Houston, which opens in uh, mid-June, one of our smaller locations, one of our smaller dining rooms. So I think that you know, is definitely a trend that will likely continue given that uh, there's going to be more off-premise sales, uh, even as we, as things start to normalize, whatever that normal looks like. Um, And then also just takeout and delivery focused locations. So, you know, a traditional Tarka is about 2,500 square feet. Um, You know, we we can do a takeout and delivery focused one with a much smaller dining room, maybe even a a smaller subset of only our top, um, which for us, is curries uh, and Brionni's, um and vegetarian items. So, you know, we think that um, that, that that will be an increasing, uh, an additional type of model that we'll be running. Very few dine-in seats. And then also ghost kitchens. You know, we've kind of taken a, a little bit of a slow roll on that because, you know, in the early days, everybody was jumping into ghost kitchens and virtual kitchens without really knowing what the economics of something like that are. And, uh, yeah, that doesn't interest me at all because, again, I want to be focused on what we do well and and just make sure that if we enter something new that we have thought it out and that it's been proven to be a good business model. I believe that uh, that now that we've gotten to the point, one of the other things that we had been doing um, along the way has been outsourcing some of our uh, sauces. So all of our food is made fresh in stores at every one of our locations which is not a sustainable model with the aspirations we have to become a regional and national brand. And so we finally had found a, um, a partner that could produce the sauces that we make. They are in, they're an Austin uh, business. They come. They watch us make our sauces, and they just scale that up exactly how we how we make it. Because we've gone through that process before with others, and we're just dissatisfied with the flavor profiles. Or, you know, we we don't we want things to be as clean as possible. So now that we've gotten to the point where we have been able to rely on um, some of the uh, these sauces and reduce operational complexity, the ghost kitchen becomes more feasible. Franchising becomes more feasible. But for the time being, for us. It is opening additional uh, company owned stores, whether they're Ghost Kitchen or the smaller footprint um, or the traditional Tarka that we've had and um, and just, um, you know, continue to do that well. Um, Dallas is our next market. We are hoping to open three to four more uh, units in Dallas um, next year and then, you know, expand uh, in our own markets as well as regionally um, outside of Texas.
0: Hopefully, regionally we'll include Atlanta at some point.
1: Oh, I have friends in Atlanta, and <laughs> um, and so that's always been on my uh, that's always been on my uh, on my thought process in terms of where I'd like to grow outside of Texas. Absolutely, excellent.
0: Well, before we close things out, I want to make sure we also give you the opportunity to share anything that maybe we didn't anticipate and didn't ask you about. So is there anything you want to make sure our listeners are aware of, some cool things on the horizon for Tarka? Um,
1: well, you know, I think that uh, the biggest thing that I would say that like the lessons that we've learned is number one, be prepared to meet your guests wherever and however they want to interact with you. I think that that's a key component to the whole thing. Um, you know, if they, if they want to uh, order digitally, um, if they want to use a mobile app, if they, um, if they want to use curbside, you, know, you, you got to be willing to have those processes and the systems in place to allow them to do that. But the key there is integration and having it be seamless. You know, um, oftentimes you, you see companies... Um, and, you know, we had, we had the same thing uh, back in the day as well, where there's so many different integrations and APIs that, that need to be called upon, it can either slow down the process or break the process, one thing isn't working. Um, and so what I would say is You know, make sure that you know what is your foundation, what is the core of your digital tech stack, and then make sure anything else that you add to it is completely seamless and integrates very well with that. And I think the last thing would be, you know, it's maybe a cliche, but don't don't allow perfection to get in the way of progress. In times of crisis, things have to, sometimes you have to just roll things out And then see, you know, success is an iterative process, frankly, you know, it doesn't just happen. Sometimes you got to put something out there, see how it works. As long as you have the right feedback loop and you're paying attention and you're quick to make the changes and improvements that you need, it is critical that you have that mindset. But if you wait until something is perfect to roll it out, times will pass you by already. And so you can't afford to do that.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. And, um, you know, here's to continued success for Tarka and those Atlanta locations that are coming to us soon.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was great talking to you all.
0: For everyone who listened today, thank you so much for joining us. We'd also like to extend a warm thanks to the people who make these episodes possible, including the leaders at Revel Systems, our producer and marketing colleague, David Gamber, and of course to Tinku for offering a window into the creative ways Tarka weathered and even succeeded in the pandemic. And as always, don't forget to like and subscribe to Restaurant and Retail Revelations. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts and check back soon for new episodes.